Um, yeah, just continue praying for. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I might get a wild hair sometime and shave it. So I, so I don't know. I just. My mom said, "Always keep them guessing. Don't let them, don't ever let them figure you out." So, <laughs> thank you though. Um, yeah, keep keep uh, Izzy in prayer. She's doing doing. She's done good. She's just starting to get some little pain, and she doesn't do discomfort very well at all, like <laughs> any kind at all. So, uh, so she's doing good. Uh, everybody, huh? Pray for pray for for her mom. Yeah, pray for all of us. We're she's doing good. She keeps us all on. She keeps us all on our toes, and so uh, yeah. So we we had a we had a a lot of fun out of her when she come out of anesthesia because the little girl's funny anyway. But then she was just very comical when she's coming. She's high as a kite and she was just she was hilarious. And so, uh, but anyway, so we we've made it through that, doing good. Uh, kids go our kids go back to school this next week. Been on spring break this week. Uh, I have a praise report. I found it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. That's what everybody says at the end of spring break and the end of uh, summer vacation. All the parents are like, yes, amen. <laughs> what? That's true. Oh, man. I tell them kids all the time. I, I tell the kids all the time. I said, I ain't never seen kids get out sweet. I said, if there was a tornado, we were told to go into the hallway and put a book on our head. <laughs> get on your desk, you know. Uh, but um, anyway, I got a praise report. I found a job. Woo-hoo. So I start a job and it's passed the test. Yeah, passed my drug test. So studied for it for a while. So I finally got it passed. But um, it's a job exactly what I needed. It's the right pay. It's um, pulling out of McAllister right here, just hauling food for a company called Tankersley Food Distribution. And so we. 75 miles north or south or west of McAllister's where I'll be. And so get to be home every night. No, I ain't going to have to work on weekends. And so it's just really, really good. So it was just kind of, I'd put in for it and actually forgot about that I'd put in for it and was kind of looking around. It was kind of coming down to a deadline. We needed, I needed to start work this next week, you know, and I was like, Lord, I've done everything I felt like I needed to do. And kind of, and all of a sudden this guy was like, he called me, he was like, hey, you put a application and I just, just now seen it. <laughs> he was just like, I need you to start. And so uh, I was pretty much hired the first conversation, and he's like, well, I guess I should meet you face-to-face before we... So anyway, Matt did drug test, so I start my orientation on Tuesday. So so everything's good. and uh, Just a lot of just Lord jobs and better jobs, and that's what I've been, been proclaiming. And so um, anyway, so uh, Miss Kay had sent me... So I'm not going to preach on what she sent me, but she got me reading and different things. But um, she, Matthew 5 is where we're going to be in Mark. <laughs> but I want to quote Matthew. Um, we were talking about the uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, and the, she had the amplified version and it had made a statement. It said, blessed are those who are insignificant. And it wasn't a word of that you're less or but it was those basically what it was you become humble blessed are the, the humble for they uh, you see yourself as that you see yourself as not and, and as I looked in more more uh, some I don't know what the word is I was looking into it 
the the writings was was it was that you you don't seek to be more you don't seek fame or or notoriety or that you but you become acceptable in who you are and what God's created you to be and out of that place the poor in spirit and and I've always had been and always kind of felt like it was this blessed are those who know they need God now, that poor in spirit wasn't a oh I'm nobody on this and that but it's it's a confidence in who who God has made you and that if you if you are great then a great and if you're not great I'm I'm loved and it's becoming that settled mind and I think uh, it really spoke to me so thank you for that but as I was beginning to read I was reading different places and so in, in we're going to be a couple of spots in in Mark verse 12 um <clears throat> Chapter 12, I'm sorry. Mark chapter 12, verse 1. Um, Mark chapter 12. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it a little bit. Uh, because there's some other ones that I want to get to today too. So uh, Mark 12, it talks about, in, in my Bible, it says the wicked vine dressers. Um, and it begins to talk about a man who, it says in verse 1, a man who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a place for the wine vat, and built a tower. And he released vine dressers in, and went into a far country. Uh, it says, now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. They took him and beat him and sent him away empty handed. So as it goes on, they, they do it again and again and again. And finally, he says, I'll send my son. Um, they will respect him. Um, it says, it says, therefore, having one son, he, he, his beloved, he also sent them, saying, they will respect my son. But those vine dressers said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. Have you not even read this scripture? And this is the scripture that I want to really, really kind of hit me. The stone which the builders rejected, he has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So Jesus becomes the chief cornerstone. <clears throat> and um, there's a scripture that says that the church is built off of the prophets uh, and the apostles with the, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So now listen, so we, we see that Jesus is the cornerstone, and uh, while we're talking about that for a second, the chief cornerstone, that doesn't mean he was native, but <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that's, we know that Native Americans were, they put them in there, he was the chief cornerstone. Um, <clears throat> so it says that the church, us, we're built off of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So what we see is, is we see uh, an Old Testament and a New Testament understanding, but Jesus being the very middle, the very cornerstone off of which both are built. And we, we've made a statement before, I, I had said this a couple weeks ago, and, and it, it, I made a statement, it says that, that a lot of the, 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 the Jewish culture, you weren't allowed to actually read some of the Old Testament without actually having a rabbi present with you, unless you read it wrong. And so they say you're not allowed to go into that area without a rabbi. Well, we have a rabbi. We have Jesus as our rabbi. We have Jesus as our going to the Old Testament. And I think what we've done a lot of times in the church 
gone to the Old Testament without Jesus. Jesus told the, he told the Pharisees, he said, that all they had was what we call the Old Testament. He says, you read those scriptures looking for life, but you refuse to believe that all of those scriptures are about me. They point to who I am. He said, I am the cornerstone here. There's been a foundation that's being laid, but there's a, another piece of this bottom that's about to be laid that we're going to build the church on. Upon this rock, I will build my church. We told Peter, he said, upon this rock, what was the rock? It wasn't Peter, but the rock was the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that revelation, the prophets and the apostles are going to meet in me, and we're going to build this thing and build the church that I have come to set forth. Build the ecclesia, build the kingdom, whatever, however we, we begin to say that, this is what we're going to build. I am the, the cornerstone that was rejected. And we see here in First um, Peter 2, uh, or, yeah, First Peter chapter 2, I'll give you a little bit of time to come in there. So Jesus is that cornerstone. He is that middle bridge between the old. And so we can go as, on a cornerstone. It's, it's the very foundation that was laid first, and then everything else was laid off of it. Now, we've got to think about that. <clears throat> that foundation was laid first. But if we read according to our Bible, we just read here, we see the Old Testament, and Jesus doesn't show up till halfway through the book. But... The Bible says before the foundations of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. He was established. He was set. So everything that we see that was laid before the foundation of the earth was laid before him. And so from him, we see the old and from him, we see the apostles and the church and everything continuing towards him because he is the chief cornerstone. He would be the very first. He says off of this, everything will be plumb. Everything will be built up from this place. Too many times I think we miss that. We, we, and I'll be honest with you, I grew up in the church. That's kind of the way it was to me. I understood well, we had all this time and then Jesus showed up. And he, he made everything better. He fixed things, whatever it was that we, whatever different ideology that, that, that was there. But it was always like he came in kind of halfway through the process. It's like, okay, he fixed things. But the reality it was is that when the prophets begin to speak, they begin to speak of him. Matter of fact, on the road to Emmaus, when Jesus began to speak to the, the people that was walking with, the Bible says he opened their eyes and explained every scriptures according to him. No minister that I heard, he said he just hauled off and preached Jesus. <laughs> he was showing them the scriptures about all, and the scriptures wasn't because none of the New Testament had written at that time. So prophets and the law, he was showing them, I am that. And then I love that, that whole Seen because when he begins to pray, they recognize who he was. He disappears and they begin to say, did our hearts not burn inside of us? Did we not feel that the scriptures begin to come alive to them? The scriptures now was not was more than just like just rules and regulations and all these things and, and promises of the Messiah. He had fulfilled it. They were seeing it. And then he explains to them from the very beginning, I have been. From the very beginning, I am that chief cornerstone. And so it says here uh, in verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being uh, being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. 
Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling block and a rock of offense. Wow. So he's going to be the chief cornerstone, but to some, he's going to be a stumbling block. I just can't get over this person. I, and, and even in today's society, there's a lot of people believe in God. You say, do you believe in God? I believe in God. Well, what about Jesus? Ah, well, you know, uh, he's, you know, he could be this, he could be that. They become a stumbling block. And to some people, it's an offense. To certain people, you say, Jesus, I don't Oh, no. Some people are just like, I don't know. It's, it's a stumbling block for me. That, that's, that might be the spot where, but he said, to those who believe, he's the chief cornerstone. So when we believe in him, he becomes the very foundation. He becomes the very setting of our life. And we begin to realize that everything flows from him. Everything flows from him, through him, all healing, all peace. He is the prince of peace. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the bright and morning star. He was the sun that rose with healing in his wings. Uh, the Bible talks about he was the fountain out of, um, that flows out of Emmanuel's veins, the fountain of life, the fountain of salvation. And we begin to see that he is, is, is it's Christ, the, the cornerstone. And, and what we're looking at, it says here, it says, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. That's really awesome what Peter says there. You didn't have mercy, but now you have obtained it mercy. Now, obtain in our mindset thinks, okay, I've obtained something, I've, I've, I've done something to get it. But in this, we realize an understanding that it wasn't anything that we've done. God says, well, I, I came to them first, they rejected, so now it's offered to you. Now, all you have to do is believe in this, this stumbling block. And Jesus is always, and always has been since the beginning of time, from the beginning of when he showed up on earth, he was the stumbling block. He was what they couldn't get over. He's what the Jewish and the Pharisees could not get over. You are the son of God. You call yourself the son of God. You're a blasphemer. And they begin to go after him time and time again. I love uh, a lot of um, the, where he has back and forth with the Pharisees. They try to catch him up. They try to catch him in things. Try to, they're smart and they figure out, but he would always just come right back at them. And that's what they, by the time they would gnash their teeth. And they, at the time they tried to kill him and stone him and he would just disappear on them and just, and they, he was just blowing their mind. He, they didn't know they couldn't do anything with him. And so here he is, he became that, that stumbling block. But on this last part where he says, obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now, when you, when you look at a lot of what Jesus said, and when you look at a lot of these things, because one of those in Mark where it talks about the, the, the red letter words, it shows us that Jesus is speaking at that point. And so Jesus wasn't just, if, we, if you know anything and you study, Jesus doesn't just say things. He didn't just like, oh, but he would always, most of the time, was quoting the Old Testament. At some point, one of the prophets, one of the, the law or something. And in this case, he was quoting a psalm. Because uh, in one of, the, one of the little go-betweens, he said, he tells them, he says, David was talking about me. And, 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 and you call him the son of, of David. 
Well, how can he be, in, in your mind, you're going, how can he be the son of David when David calls him Lord? He can't, he can't go back and forth. And so he, Jesus becomes, just destroys their testimony on that. But he's quoting Psalms 118. And, and so I'm just going to read all of it because you have to realize, that, that's what I like about, you have, I have to read all of it. You can't just read part of it. But you have obtained mercy. And this is what, this is what David says in Psalms 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. <laughs> Woo. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. So he says, let, let Israel. Now let the priest say, but then what's going to take it further? This is a prophetic ministry. He said, let those who fear the Lord now. Now those who believe, now those who have come into this mercy and have obtained it, let us say his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteousness shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send me Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord and he has given us light. Blind, uh, bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> the very beginning of that, give thanks for the Lord, he is good, for his mercy endures forever. What I like about David, you look at David, there's a lot of, uh, and this is where we have to really watch out. We, have to, we can't go into the book of Psalms without Jesus. Because if we look at going to the book of Psalms without Jesus, we'll see that part where it says, the Lord, I destroyed them all. <laughs> My enemies come and I destroyed them all. So we can't go into that scripture with our mindset without the mind of Christ. Amen. Because what does Christ say about loving your enemies? What does Christ say about if an evil man does something to you, do not resist an evil man. 
If a soldier tells you to carry his coat a mile, carry it for him two miles. See, this is why it's important that we have Jesus as our guide, as our teacher, as our, because we look at those and go, man, God's going to destroy everybody that comes against me. (laughs) But here we also read that he says his mercy endures forever. Mine doesn't because I'm praying God to destroy you. (laughs) Amen. But thank God that his mercy endures forever. Amen. Um, I just begin to see that. He talked about at the very end, he says, bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. What, what David is saying here, because David was there when a the physical sacrifice was being taken place. And he understood the binding of that. Here we begin to see uh, uh, in... Um, in 1 Peter, he says that he, uh, you are a spiritual house, holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Well, how do we offer up sacrifices in our life? Because sacrifice, and, and we, we, I've said this before, uh, the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. And sometimes we like sacrifice because sacrifice, we, we have blood on us and we look like we've been sweating. What have you been doing? Oh, I've been sacrificing to the Lord. But he said that, that, that you, you will offer up sacrifice acceptable to God through Christ. Sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of thanksgiving. The sacrifice of God. I just, I just worship because some people are like, oh, we just go and we praise and we praise. But there's moments sometimes I have to sacrifice several emotions just to get a thank you out. Amen. But it's a sacrifice of praise. What did, and he talked about it, the, the gates that you would, we, you would bring us through the gates. And, and we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We enter into that place. Why? Because we realize his mercy endureth forever. Amen. This is one of the reasons I think that when we look at that, and when you look at that poor in spirit, that humbleness, that Lord, blessed are the poor in spirit. Why are they blessed? Because we, we live in a place of thanksgiving. We live in a place of your mercy endureth forever. For me, but also for my neighbor. Lord, we live in a place of mercy. We live under mercy because we live, God, knowing that, that maybe that, that our actions, we shouldn't be standing here. Amen. I know a lot of people would say, man, I, even just people you talk to, when I was a kid, I don't know how in the world I stayed alive. Well, some of the dumb things I've done, it, and, and, I, and believers and non-believers that I sit with a lot of time, they say, I'll sit with some guys that aren't, never been to church, they say, man, I don't know uh, how in the world I'm still alive after making some of the dumb things and some of the goofy things I've done, and they'll go, man, I guess it's just the good Lord has hand on me. His mercy endureth forever. And even those begin to say that. They begin to say, well, it's just the good Lord keeping his hand. I guess the Lord just watching out after me. And I'm like, yeah, he is. His mercy endureth forever. It's important in our, in our, our daily walk, our daily uh, evangelism, our, our, our walk with the Lord is that we walk not only... One of the things that Jesus began to teach his teachings was, you've been given mercy. You should give mercy as well. And I think too many times in, in, in life, we, we have a hard time with that. that that's... Part of the human condition is 
I want mercy for me, but I'm not really quick to give it to you. And, and we can do that in a lot of things. And a lot of it's not just necessary stuff where it's like, I'm going to fight you, but, you know, whatever. But it's just the way we, we're real quick to write people off. Uh, in ministry, we've, we've been able to walk with people that maybe some other people wouldn't be able to walk with because Beth and I begin to realize, Lord, you've walked us through some things. There's been people that's ready to write us off. And they walk with us because they realize that they live under mercy. They, that, that everybody lives under mercy. And, and, and right now in this world, take anybody that you see in this community that's the worst person in the world, they live in, living under the same mercy that we're living under. Well, how are they, st- how, and people, how can they do this and do that? Well, there's mercy there. Why, why for them? And then I had to step back and put myself in position and say, well, why for me? And the answer is, is because he loves. His answer is, is that his heart, his will is that all should come to salvation and that none should perish. And that his will, he says, I'm, I'm going to send somebody. I'm going to put somebody in their life. I'm going to plant a seed and that seed is going to continue to grow. And there's everybody in the world telling him, you need to pull that up. You need to pull that up. That one ain't no good. If you pull that up, it's going to ruin the rest of it. But Jesus said, don't pull it up then. Wait for it to all grow up together, and then I'll separate it. And I'll fix everything that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be there. Too many times we want to pull things up. Because right? that's the way we see, and we see gardening. That's a good, good practice to pull all the weeds. But he said, let it all grow. And then at the time right, I'm going to begin to separate it, and I'm going to begin to shake it. So on, on, on that real quick before, we, before I end is, we have that idea of like, well, one of these days, what that means, they're all going to grow up and shake, and then God's going to throw everybody away, and then some are going to be thrown to hell, and some are going to go to heaven. But what he's really talking about is individual lives. How many of you have grown up with weeds in your life, and then all of a sudden God says, let me shake those weeds out of your life. Let me shake that out of your life so that you can begin to grow and become the exact same person. I know that when I was younger, and, and we all have what we would call weeds from, from life, from experiences we've had, uh, hurts and pains, even wrong ideas that we took as a kid that we didn't really understand. And we begin to grow up and God says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk with you because I'm the master gardener. I'm the master, the vineyard. I know how to to do this. And when it comes right, I'm going to maybe shake a little bit, but I'm going to begin to pull it out when it comes right. So I know what's good inside of you. We have a, this last week we cleaned we started to clean our barn out again. We're redoing a bunch of stuff in the barn. And it's, to me, it's just, it's just a testimony of my father. He built this barn with his hands. And over the years, it's, it's, it's about 35 years old, I think, now. And some of the tins starting to, we've had to replace some things. And, and, and I'm kind of taking over a little bit and switching things up for the goats and building new pins and replacing boards and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and dad told mom he said you know it's kind of nice to see that something you've built that somebody else is wanting to do something with it and the grandkids are out there and they're cleaning everything and and I was just I was just looking at that and I thought Lord this speaks to that we had my dad used to work for Commission Electric he worked for a rural lot and he has and we have probably a ton of literally of that much weight of nuts and bolts and Everything you can think of. We had these. We had separated at one time, and there's all these different bins. But then, that was like 
five years ago, and it was just dusty and full of dust and dirt. And so I said, man, we got to find a way to, because to, there's good stuff in there, but it's just all covered with junk. And I didn't even realize what I said. I was just saying that. So we, I, I built a little screen, you know, and we pour some of them bolts out, and we do like that, shake it, and all the stuff we didn't want would go to the bottom. And then all the good stuff we kept. And I thought, and I'm saying, we're just working out and thinking, and the Lord just begins to speak to me. He says, is that not what I do in your life? Not sometimes I kind of sift you around a little bit and stuff begins to fall or come up to the top and I begin to take it away and then say, now that we can use, that we can use, that we can use. Now that everything else has been pulled away and it just begins to speak even more so of his mercy. David says, oh, give thanks for, his, for the goodness. His goodness is great. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. As we... As we move and we see a lot of the things that we're seeing right now playing out on the world stage, that's one thing that we can say right now. It's his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And our response, I'm just going to say this, our response, and I'm becoming more and more as, as we read the words of Jesus, the, the church at large, I think, is going to have to learn what justice is. And justice is not killing somebody. Justice is not, you kill me, I'm going to kill you back. Because Jesus began to say that. You've heard it. You've heard it. Um, in fact, he said, murder now is not even just the act of killing somebody, but it's actually calling somebody an idiot. Because what, did Jesus, what, is the, word, what the Bible says, the power of life and death is in your tongue. And so when Jesus began to take things and take it a little further than that, we're just like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> so you're the chief cornerstone. Now we take those words and begin to, to walk off of that. Be careful how we pray about, does Putin need to be stopped? Do dictators need to be stopped? Absolutely, 100%. But is the justice of God that they're murdered and they're killed? Or is the justice of God that they become to know a loving Savior? This is hard. I know this is hard to, to pray like that. It's hard to see people that, that's hurt and destroyed. But we have to look at our own book, the very book that we love and the very book that we that we hold to. I said this. I seen this on Facebook the other day that said that Paul, one of the greatest persecutors of the church, the early church, when he drew his last breath and he walked into the gates of heaven, he was applauded by those who he had killed. That's the gospel. That's justice. That they were afraid of him. They wouldn't even let him in because they're just like, we had to go to special prayer. Paul's coming. Do we let him hang out with us? This, is he a, uh, you know there was those thoughts. Is he undercover now? Is he, you got to be careful with Paul. Because he's, yeah, he said he's changed, but this dude was killing people, dragging them out of their houses and killing them. And we have to, if, if we hold to that, we have to be careful how we begin to pray for certain situations, even for war. Even for everything that we pray for, even that, we have to begin to realize that, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen? So that means on my life, on my family, but also on the world stage. He is the Prince of Peace. He is good and His mercy endures forever. I'm just going to say a prayer. God, we thank you for this day, Lord. 
I thank you for your blessings, God, of waking us up today. And God, you've given us the ability to see a beautiful day today. Lord, we, uh, we're in a time, God, of, of, on the world stage, Lord, that there are a lot of things going on. And there's a lot of voices proclaiming what it means, Lord. Lord, voices everywhere that we can hear. Lord, voices sometimes that we trust, voices that we don't trust, God. But God, I pray right now that your spirit and your voice become louder than any other, God. God, let your word be true, God. God, let your, your truth come to our hearts, God, and to those who, who seek you, to those who are waiting for you, God, and to hear your voice in this situation and to speak, God. Lord, there are brothers, God, Christian brothers and sisters on both sides of this conflict, God. God, Lord, that are, that are, that are, that are being hurt, God. Their lives are being taken, God. And God, we take that a step further, God. There are people that don't believe in you on both sides of this conflict, God, that lives are being taken, God. And God, we pray that from this moment, God, Lord, that you, uh, that will begin to cease and peace will begin to reign, God. And God, justice will begin to reign, God. Lord, and salvation will begin to reign, God. Lord, and, and those brothers and sisters that are on both sides of this, of this border and both sides of these countries that are there as missionaries and, and servants of God, Lord, that they would begin to, that their voice would begin to rise, God. And God, they will be able to be there for those people and speak the gospel and speak the word as you have spoken and you have given them direction to, God. God, we pray in this moment and this time, God, that the church rise, God, in who they're supposed to be, God. God, arise with that voice of hope, that voice of peace, that voice of salvation, and God, that voice of healing, God. And God, that, we will, we, that the church will begin to take back its place, God, of that place of humbleness, God, of the poor in spirit, God. God, that we will move, God, with a humble spirit. We will minister, God, with a humble spirit, God. We will live with that poor spirit, God, Lord, thanking you and knowing that you are good. Lord, we can't shake the fact, God, that you are good and your mercy endures forever, God. God, for your mercy, we thank you, God. For your grace, we thank you, God. For Jesus, we thank you. For your word, we thank you. For the Holy Spirit that we feel here this today, God, that's, 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 that's a witness of who you are in our lives, God. Lord, we live thankful every single day, Lord. Lord, you said, give us this day our daily bread, God. God, give us the, that assurance, God. Give us, God, that, that, that resting, God. Give us that peace in our heart today, God, as we breathe, God. As we look at our life around us and we can be thankful for the blessings that you've given us, God. And prayerful for those, God, who are in need and who are in hurt and who are in, in pain this hour, God. God, we pray that your church rise in this hour, God, in a mighty and powerful way, God. Lord, that we move humble, God. We move humble in Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to say one more thing. I had read on the Matthew 5 thing. One of the commentaries that is said in here that it was said that the poor in spirit, but also it says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And that word meek says that meekness is not weakness, but yet it is power and authority under control. And I, I really like that. It's, it's power and authority under control. 
Hallelujah. Father, we do come in agreement with peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Amen. Let's uh, make our declaration. As we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He has given us, we declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth and His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing You for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, debts paid off and transfer of wealth, prosperous business, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold, expenses decreased, blessings increased, heavens opened, earth invaded, signs, wonders, and miracles, and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, thank you for more than enough so we can give into your kingdom, go labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen.